25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them up the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Howdy! What up? I'm Matt. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team. At Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. The kind of people you get to deal with one-on-one. Face-to-face. You have that fender bender, just peel off the road and hit a pole on uh, Sunday night at, I don't know, 11 p.m. on the way home from Revival. You know what? Pull out your cell phone, call your local Farm Bureau agent. He knows you. He was probably in the service with you. He comes down there and meets you, and here we go. That's the way it works. And that's the way it should work. Really regarding anything, but especially in insurance, because you never know. You just never know when, how, where, and they're always there. The hometown hero. Our uh, local hometown hero around here is back. It's a beautiful day in this He's back, baby. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be Would mine? Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Hey, Roger. You can do it. <laughs> I knew you could. Do you, let me ask you this. Yeah. All those years growing up, watching Mr. Rogers, do you... Do you have any memories of any specific things they ever did on that show that kind of just stand out to you when you think about Mr. Rogers? And I'm not talking about just the iconic switching shoes and putting on a new sweater. I, well, I was I was more of a uh, Sesame Street. Sesame Street and Captain I, Kangaroo. I watch this. For some reason, this this didn't appeal to me. Okay. Oh, I, I was a, I was down with Captain Kangaroo. Yeah. Right. That was that was my guy. You know, Captain Kangaroo was kind of like a. Seems like I remember him being sort of a predecessor to Mr. Rogers. He, he was there for a good long while. Yeah, he was. I'll be so. I was of that age. I'm a kid of the '80s, a child of the '80s. So, like every time I'm home from school sick, I'm watching like three episodes of Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street and all that stuff, you know. And I remember, I always thought it was cool when he would. Um, the little trolley would go into kind of like make-believe land where all the puppets and he'd do all the voices and stuff. I don't remember what he called oh, yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I do remember one time, though, he had this kid over and they were like coming up with different kinds of snacks, healthy snacks. And I'm not kidding you. He took a banana and wrapped a slice of cheese around it. And they ate it. And I even, I remember at that age, I'm like seven years old watching it going, that's nasty. I'm not eating that. Who would ever eat a banana wrapped in a piece of cheese? Did, to... did you like the ones with the, the, the peanut butter <laughs> banana sandwich? 
Oh, yes, that's a staple, man. That's a staple right there. And let me just go ahead and tell you, anybody out there who's mashing up the banana and then swirling it around and mixing it in the peanut butter, I don't want any part of you. Oh, no, you don't slice it and put it on, like, jam, the peanut butter, and then slice the, put the slices on there? You you take the bread. This is the right way to do a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Oh, okay. You, you, <laughs> you take the bread, you spread the peanut butter, not on one piece of bread, on two, on both of them. Okay. You need it sticky on both sides. What? And then you just take the knife and you go to slicing up the banana and lay them on there and eat it. Don't be mashing up my banana in my banana peanut butter sandwich. Well, I haven't tried it. I can't, I can't knock it. I haven't tried it. Okay, so how do you do it? How do you do the... I don't, I'm a masher. You mash it up, Roger? I don't... The, the That much peanut butter is just too much <laughs> thickness. I need, I need the banana to a, See, a, alleviate <laughs> some of that, man. I'd be like Mr. Ed, you know. You got to cut it a little bit. You're cutting yeah. the peanut butter. I got gotcha. you. Now, on peanut butter and jelly, I am with you. We don't mix those. No. No. Don't, don't mix. Even, I don't even think it looks pretty in the little jar where mm-hmm. it's all both of them in there, mm-hmm. but I don't want it. Peanut butter goes on one side and the jelly goes on the other. Don't can, mix it up. You control how much of what you get. Exactly. You're in total control <laughs> that way. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff that you don't get on the bound show. <laughs> I was going to say, who's in control of this show right now? Because <laughs> it ain't me, and I don't think it's you either. <laughs> Rolling along, singing a song. Yeah, rolling along, singing a song. Fluffy. Fluffy! Fluffy texts, I'm sorry, tweets the show and says, I'll take two bananas, mash them up with an egg, and then make pancakes out of it. Hmm. Huh? Well, something. Hey, I, I got really. news for you. Something else has got to be in there other than bananas and an egg, or it ain't making pancakes. Maybe he means add some pancake mix to that. Yeah, right. We're going to have to have something in there. Some flour better be present somewhere, somehow. And Fluffy also texted the show because he remembers the banana wrapped in a piece of cheese that Mr. Rogers tried to pass off on all of us, and none of us were that stupid to think that that would be something we ought to try. Well, hey, it's not healthy. Bananas yeah. aren't health food. They're junk food. They're sugar. Yeah, the peanut butter part. And the cheese also. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you it was a, that American processed cheese, which is yeah, slightly related to dairy. You ever had a banana mayonnaise sandwich? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I was going to tell you, that, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no. I, 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 yeah, I prefer I like both of the things separately. Yeah, I prefer peanut butter. Yeah, but you were talking about watching shows. I actually like the. See if you remember this one, Menudo. Oh yeah, Menudo. Um, gosh, I love that show. That was a great show, Roger, and it went off the air probably, I'm going to guess, I'm just guessing, 85? Maybe. Maybe yeah. 84, 85. Wasn't Ricky Martin, isn't that yeah. where he came from? He got like one of the last class there. He was one of the last ones in Menudo, the show. Menudo, I think, was kind of the inspiration I think that when, when Disney did their thing, uh, whatever they called it, Mickey Mouse. Oh, thing. yeah, the Mickey nope. Mouse Club. Well, they had that for a long time, but the TV part, they seemed to be kind of... Holy cow, I nailed it, Roger. On IMDb, Menudo was on from 83 to 85. Was that all? Mm-hmm. 83 to 85. 
But it went off in 85. Yeah, and the most notable cast member ever was Ricky Martin. You're right. So it was kind of like, uh, frankly. I think they rebooted it because I remember well, it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, because de- definitely the sets were not in the 80s. Okay. Were, you know, that the, the dingy well, quality right that because, color TV used to have. You're right, because here's one, like a video from 82. So maybe it was a reboot later that brought us Ricky Martin. Frankly, it was like a Latino version of the Mickey Mouse Club. That's what it was. It was very entertaining. It was a good show. Well, to begin the show today, the Wayback Machine has popped up. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So I'm Matt. Roger's pushing all the buttons, making it happen. And you can be a part of the show as well. Um, Roger, if we get a phone call, just hit the ringy-dingy. I'll hear it, and we'll we'll jump in that way today. So if you want to call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, then give me a shout, 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. You could text the show, lots do, and are and have. Uh, it's 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. So Matt texted the show, and he said, Bo was talking about dad jokes, and I thought Matt and Roger would get a kick out of this. Why did the cowboy get a... Wiener dog. It's be- because he wanted to get a long little doggy. <laughs> get a long little doggy. Oh, That's a pretty good dad joke right there. Got a laugh out of me. Uh, Maroon Richie, several responses to the so far the non-sports conversation. He says his little brother and sister used to eat mayonnaise and jelly sandwiches. Mayonnaise and jelly. Hey, look, we do what we have to do. Look, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. A lot of y'all out there listening. Nothing wrong with being a redneck. Not one thing wrong with it. Not at all. But a lot of y'all have had butter and sugar between two pieces of bread and called it a sandwich. A lot of y'all did that. Well, if you toast it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put some cinnamon there. It's just cinnamon toast. <laughs> Mike's got a show for the from the Wayback Machine if you want to see mm-hmm. if you remember this one. You want to talk to Mike? Mike, hit me up, man. What's up? Hey, good morning, man. How you doing today? Just right. Great to hear from you. Hey, listen. I want. I heard you talking about old shows. Now I'm a part, I'm a seventies baby. Okay. So I got a show for you. You might not remember it, but it started one of Mississippi's own most famous uh, festivals. Okay. That's the Electric Company. Yes. Morgan Freeman was a Morgan Freeman. He was easy read. He, and let me tell you, when I was growing up, coming through school, mm-hmm. that's how I learned to spell a lot of words, man, watching The Electric Company. The Electric Company, and they had a great theme song. If Roger doesn't find it, I'll find okay. it for you and play it, because I remember it. And see, again, when I was a kid coming up in the 80s, they were giving us Electric Company reruns. So, you know, like, once the Sesame Street and the Mr. Rogers and all that went off, and you had 3-2-1 Contact... Okay. And after three, two, one contact, they'd give us an electric company rerun, and I had totally forgotten until you called me, yeah, Mike. It was, it was great, man. It was great. I loved the show. Then there was another show. Uh, it might not be as popular as other, but it was called Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, 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 Zoom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Remember yep. that one? It sa- right. Mike, it sounds like you and Roger are from the same era. 
Y'all are connecting on this. Hey, look, I was born in 69, so I came through in that area. So You also, if you were born in about that time, late 60s, Mike, you also came up during what is probably the best musical time to be alive, period, in the early, oh, yeah, mid-70s. The music, the music was great back then, man. Yeah. You know, love songs. You know, and as a kid, I was into love songs. I don't know why, yeah. but I was into it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. Call me anytime. Yeah, here's Zoom. <laughs> That's great. You got Electric Company. The old Electric Company show, uh, it had Morgan Freeman in it. Um it was very, very 70s, no doubt about it. I think that's the more modern version of Electric Company. You look up the old one. Frankly, Bill Cosby made a lot of appearances on the Electric Company. It was on from 71 to 77. Who yep. knew he was there to meet people? <laughs> <laughs> I okay, I got you your original, man. You got the original? Let me hear it. I believe I do. Hang on, give me a second to get okay, it. Okay, all right. Uh, we're... Look, don't if you're rolling your eyes out there as you ride them down the road, just bear with me because we're having fun. Somehow we got hooked up in memory lane. It all started with Mr. Rogers. This is the electric company. This is the opening. Cotton candy can cause cavities. (laughs) And she she smiles when she's got two missing (laughs) friends. Here it is. We're going to bring in the power. We're going to light up the dark. Boy, like Morgan Freeman, when he had hair, had a nice afro going. He really did. And when they start singing Electric Company, it's iconic. Again, everybody recognizes it if you're old. And they always had that little object lesson at the very Here it is. Here it is. that's it the electric company man it was on from 71 to 77 there you go mike just for you thanks for calling all right let me see here you're gonna have baseball this weekend you're gonna have the college world series how excited are you you know uh the college world series in baseball Baseball fans all across the country like it, tune into it. I will say that although the audience has grown, it seems or it has always felt a little less iconic after they moved it away from Rosenblatt into the new stadium, TD Ameritrade, but they had to do that. Rosenblatt was old. And a lot of people around the country watch it. I think the, I think the fans of teams who didn't make it, who got close but didn't make it, you know, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Stanford. You know, fans of those teams are a little less excited every year because you you still have the gut punch feeling from less than a week earlier when maybe your team got eliminated. But for the most part, everybody really excited about it. And two games Saturday, two games Sunday. State plays the last game on Sunday night. It'll be on ESPN2, first pitch, 630. Ethan Small taking on Auburn, all that kind of stuff. 
Let me uh, give you some sound in your ear right here. A little baseball uh, sound in your ear, shall we? Let me start you off. Later, by the way, I'm going to later let you hear from Butch Thompson, head coach Auburn, what he said, what he said and what he's saying, and so on and so forth. But here is Chris Lamonis, head coach State, meeting with the media. And what a great year Auburn's had. I mean, we had a crazy game here the last time we played. Uh, they've done a great job of, I know he's had some injuries and keeping that pitching staff together and uh, to go on the road and do what they did was was great. I think, um, you know, they got some really good hitters in there. We don't know who they're pitching yet. I know they got a couple of really good options on their staff. Um, it'll be a really good SEC game in Omaha. How well do you know Butch in that relationship? I've known Butch a long time. We're not super close, but we, um, we, we spent some time together over the years recruiting and talking. I know he's one of the better human beings out there, and he's a great baseball coach. So um, we're looking forward to a great, you know, matchup. I think you mentioned before this all started that, you know, Omaha and getting to Omaha is all about getting hot at the right time. A team like Auburn that is blazing a trail right now, is it, you know, what kind of momentum, like, what kind of momentum does that mean going into Omaha? I just, I think every team, I, I was telling somebody this morning, you know, we feel hot. I think everybody feels hot right now. You know, everybody's ready to go. What's the latest on Jack Egan? How's, how's he? He's good. He's out here today. He'll be practicing. He'll be taking care of everything and doing it that way. So will he be able to pitch in Omaha? Um, we'll have to figure that out. We have to look and see. We well, said the other night that your plan would be to go with Ethan in the first game. Are you still going with that? Yes. Ethan Small will be game one no matter who we face. Mm -hmm. That Auburn series, uh, does it seem, seem like ancient history now? I mean, you guys feel like a different team. They're a different team. I think so. I think both teams are, and we're 40 games past that. So it's a, it's a lot of baseball in between, and where you're at right now means you know means everything. Is there anything besides starting pitching wise beyond Ethan, or just kind of a see what? Yeah, it's at? just it's all matchup after that. I mean, you know, we got all our guys available, and and um, but Peyton's been really good too. So how we match up and uh, will be a big piece for uh, for how we match up our rotation. How's uh, JT Gans rehab and all that still going? He's still on schedule. To... Mm -hmm. He's doing good. Yeah, he's out here. He'll throw today. He'll he'll practice like everybody else and be ready to go. Is it an advantage having a guy as like small? It just makes it an easy decision for him. Not you know, just second guess and think so much. It does. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's 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 our lead. One of our leaders and our pitching staff leader and one of the best pitchers in the country. And um, he's one of the main reasons we're going to Omaha. Mm -hmm. So to you know line him up and hopefully get as many starts as we can out there and proper rest. Parker called a minute ago and he said there was a chance he could have been in the cubicle this time of year instead of going to Omaha. What do you remember about talking to him and getting him back involved and getting him back in this program? Like, on my hands and knees, you know, when I got here. Like, I mean, it's, uh, well, you watch the run to Omaha and you see how special he is. And we weren't sure about arms when we got in here last summer, how many arms we had and how many viable arms. We didn't know Jared Lebel was going to be Jared Lebel and Tristan Barlow and Kobe White. I mean, those guys in the bullpen that have pitched so well. So, um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking to Cole during that process and trying to get him back and convince him. I'm glad he did. All right, so that last comment there, that's Chris Lamonis talking about Cole Gordon, a senior closer who has just been so good in clutch situations, closing out games for State. You saw him do it against Stanford in the game that now has sent him on to Omaha. And he's got this just run of postseason dominance going backed up statistically it just kind of shows that um in the postseason when you're up against it last year this year regional super regional stuff is when he's really his best in terms of swings and misses and so later in the show too I'm gonna let you hear from Cole Gordon the the 
throng of media stood around Cole yesterday and asked him a bunch of questions as they were practicing before they got on the bus to go to Omaha. And he talked a little bit about that, the decision to come back. After last season, Cole Gordon was hit. He was out. He was done. He didn't get drafted. He was going to go hit the working world and get his career started, you know, post-baseball. And new coach comes in, and you heard Lamonis say he went to him hands and knees begging him, please come back and play another year. You've got eligibility. we got to have you. So I went to you. Now it's really working out, and it certainly is for the team. So I'll let you hear from Cole Gordon. They talked to him. That's coming up later in the show. And as I said, Butch Thompson, the head coach at Auburn, a Mississippi guy. If y'all don't know this, Butch, the head coach at Auburn, is an Amory, Mississippi native. Okay, so he's from Amory, born and raised. Coaching career bounced around a little bit, but he's been good everywhere he's been, and he was in the dugout with John Cohen at Mississippi State for seven years. They were together on that 2013 team that went to the College World Series Finals. He was the pitching coach, and you all remember how masterfully they did dealt with and managed that pitching staff that they had really one sure enough starter, Kendall Graveman, their Friday night guy, but everything else was kind of pieced together. When he got the Auburn job, everybody knew it's just a matter of time. He's that good. Well, here he is, year two, year three, whatever it is, and he's got them in Omaha. So I'll let you hear from Butch Thompson. He talked with media yesterday in his shirt and sport coat before they got on the bus to head to Omaha. Who didn't like baseball? So more of it coming your way. But football is next. If you'll just stick around, we're going to mix it up like a good peanut butter and banana sandwich. (laughs) Y'all stick around. All right. Rolling along with you today, uh, lots of baseball. I did tell you there's some football because, I don't know if you know this or not, but now we are less than 80 days to the start of the college football season when everybody will play games. As I told you before, I'm counting down 100 teams leading up to the start of the football season. 100 teams over the course of 100 days. And now we're inside of 80. Now, a lot of teams are going to start their college season a week earlier. I think it'll be, the what, the weekend of the 24th, August 24th. But everybody will be on the field either twice or for their first game by August 31st. So we're counting it down to that first full weekend, August 31st. So um, I got some teams to get through with you. Here, uh, that'll cover the next few days: 79, 78, and seventy-seven. And as you get higher and higher on the list, frankly, it gets a little more interesting. <laughs> Just the way it is. So, <clears throat> got some football in here for you. Plenty of baseball too, though. As you look ahead to the College World Series, you're going to hear from Butch Thompson, head coach at Auburn. He talked with media yesterday before they jumped on the bus and hit the road, and. Uh, you just heard from Chris Lamonis, same scenario. And Cole Gordon talked with media. He had some interesting comments. Cole's a big, tall, broad-shouldered, but mature, calm, uh, calm, cool, collected, very intelligent guy. 
And um, so we'll hear some of his comments coming up. I also want to hear your comments today, so you can call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Hit me up there. Or text the show. That'll work also. Text the show, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. It's also a 601. If you need the number, it's 885-3776. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. And we stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. Now, let me pass this along to you. I have... Um, I've always gotten a kick out of fight songs and hearing bands. It gets you kind of in the mood for sports. Team number 79 on the countdown has what I think is the most underrated and less well-known fight song in all sports. That's what I think. That's the one coming up right now. Team number 79. I'm using the list that's over there at the ESPN College Football Power Index. The FPI, baby. I'm not doing the FBI. That's basketball. (laughs) I got some news on that, too. We got to make sure we make a note on that. Now, team number 79, great fight song. They are one state over the state of Alabama. It ain't Alabama or Auburn. We're too low on the list for those guys. It's not UAB. It's southeast of there. The Troy Trojans. Phenomenal fight song. Check it out. Great. And now they're singing. Isn't that great? What a great fight song at Troy. There are the Trojans. They're southeast of Montgomery. You ever been to Troy? Southeast of Montgomery, it's on Highway 231. You go to Montgomery, head south, and it's between there and Dothan. And it's a heck of a school if you've never been there. Big campus. Mississippi State has actually played a game at Troy before. Remember that one? Back in the day, Larry Blakeney was the head coach for years and years and years at Troy and built it up into a team. You didn't really want to play them a whole lot. They were good. Um, Had a lot of good players. They were kind of transfer you, but he did a great job with it. He was a former Auburn assistant under Pat Dye back in the day. But uh, Troy's in a really neat spot, a beautiful part of Alabama. It's a great community that's kind of built right around that university, obviously. It's bigger than you think because they have those multiple campuses. Like you got Troy Dothan, you got Troy Montgomery, you got Troy here, Troy there. So all their enrollment includes all those satellite campuses and online. So they have a pretty big number. But um, it's a neat place. 
Roger, just real quick, what did you think about the fight song? I bet you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I was thinking the whole time you were playing it, though, how sad it must be to be the an other team in, in Alabama. Yeah, the other team. That's it. Yeah, I mean, one of the other teams. Right? No doubt. Well, I'll be honest with you. Like, almost, I, I would bet 99% of the people who sit in the stands at Troy for their home games, who live around there or know someone playing or coaching, they wear the Troy colors and root for them. They're also Alabama and Auburn fans, one or the other. You know? You got to pick one. That's it. Part of life in Alabama. That's exactly right. But look, Troy is good, and they are, they are a good, healthy program. State played a game there in about 2011, and it took a Tyler Russell to Chad Bumpus touchdown pass in the back of the end zone towards the end of the game to win it. Missouri went in there years ago and lost. Oklahoma State went in there and played a game in there at Troy years ago, lost. <laughs> and I got news for you. There's a trip to Troy on the future schedule for Mississippi State coming up in a few years. Some news about the Troy football program. Actually, um, I guess over the last year, uh, Dana Holgerson left West Virginia to take the head coaching job at Houston after they fired uh, Major Applewhite. So Holgerson left West Virginia, goes to Houston. It opened up the West Virginia job, and they hired Neil Brown, the coach at Troy, who had been really good the last few years at Troy. So Neil Brown leaves. They needed a new coach, and they went and hired a name that people around the state of Mississippi know, Chip Lindsey. Y'all remember that name? Bet you do. Chip Lindsey spent a good period of time coaching at Southern Miss. He was on the staff at Southern Miss under um, – I don't think he was there with Fedora, but I'm I'm pretty sure – yeah, he was there in 2014 and 15 as the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach at Southern Miss under Todd Munkin. So there for two years. He then went and spent one year at Arizona State and then coached in 17-18 the last two years. He was the offensive coordinator at Auburn under Gus Malzahn. Coach Stidham and all those guys. So he left Auburn and and then became uh, – I'm sorry, he left Auburn. He went to Kansas, took a job at Kansas, didn't last – didn't even stay there one year because after he had taken the Kansas job to be the offensive coordinator for Les Miles, Troy came open and he wanted to be a head coach, go back to Alabama, get out of Kansas, which he did. So he wasn't even there just a few weeks and took the Troy head coaching job. So Chip Lindsey, former Southern Miss assistant, very successful head coach in high school football in Alabama. He was the coordinator quarterbacks coach while Nick Mullins was the QB at Southern Miss. He's now their head coach. And another Southern Miss tie. They announced this week at Troy, the new athletics director there is Brent Jones. Everybody around here knows Brent Jones as the former um, athletic administrator, not the AD, but higher up, one of the higher ups at Southern Miss for a lot of years. So Brent Jones, the former Southern Miss Golden Eagle, is now the athletics director at Troy. Just a little bit about them, team number 79, on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days leading up to August the 31st, the official kickoff for everybody in college football. More stuff like that. Get your texts in. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about next. Here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Okay, here we are. Ways to go. Lots to get to today. As they say, holler at your boy. <laughs> Where'd that come from? I don't know. I've heard it. All right. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Divinity Equipment phone guitar. line. Say what? I'm kind of digging that guitar line on there. Yeah. It's pretty good, music. isn't it? Pretty good. Somebody talented came up with that bed of music. There's an inside baseball term, bed of music. You never worked in, you know, radio or production or anything. You're like, what? It's music. <clears throat> they call it a bed around here. Like you'll be watching the news channel. They'll throw some lingo in there. That's like, it. Uh, about that sot. <laughs> That's right. Sot. Sound on tape. There you go. Who uses tape anymore? Yeah. None. No, it's like nat sound. I've used that term before. Yeah. Nat sound. That's like a crowd mic, right? Crowd mic, natural sound. We just show it's or the bird call you did. Exactly. Apparently, the word natural is just way too long. Yeah, so we got to shorten three, that to nat. Three syllables. <laughs> All right, you can be a part of the show on the Divinity Equipment phone nine nine five one zero five nine. Give me a call nine nine five one zero five nine. Do you prefer to text? You don't like phone calls anymore. You just want to text. That's cool, too. We have that for you. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. I can't believe how great it feels outside around here today. I mean, a cool snap in June? What? It feels like October out there. I mean, it's just great, isn't it? (laughs) So congrats on that. Get outside. Enjoy it if you can. It may even be chilly. It may even be chilly when the sun goes down. I don't know. Uh, just, again, a, a real quick heads up. Coming up, I'm going to play some sound for you. Butch Thompson, the Mississippian, talked with the media over there in Auburn before he hit the road and headed to um, Omaha with his baseball team. Got him in the College World Series. And so we'll get in on that, let you hear it. He talked about facing... State, what that's going to be like. He spent seven years as a coach at State. He's from Amory originally. So anyway, we'll let you hear from Butch Thompson coming up. And also, Cole Gordon, let you hear from him. No, um, I threw a little joke out there. It kind of reminded me of some basketball news. It's not really news. It's going to be completely not a surprise to anybody. So I'm about to give that to you also if you're a college basketball fan. But we just did, real quick, real quick, we just did the countdown thing on Troy. Um, Troy, let's see, Troy will host Southern Miss week three of the season, September the 14th, in Troy. Troy is in the Sun Belt. But the new AD at Troy, Brent Jones, a former Southern Miss guy, But he was pretty much handling all the scheduling and setting all this stuff up. So he's got Southern Miss on the schedule. So Golden Eagles will go to Troy on September the 14th. That'll be the second game of the year for Troy. Later in the year, Troy will go to Missouri. Future scheduling does have Mississippi State on it. And um, so you know, it's cleaning that up. Roger, did I hear the phone ring? You did. Who is it? Oliver. 
Oliver, thanks for calling on the Divini phone. What's up? I got a question for you. As a fellow Mississippi State alumni, mm-hmm. uh, between Chris Lavonis, Nick Schaefer, and Joe Moorhead, or, and you also throw Ben Helen in there, who do you think is going to be the first to win a national championship at Mississippi State? Oh, win a national championship? Yes, sir. How about that? Well, I think the the conversation immediately goes to either Lamonis or Schaefer. And um, it's a really good question because let, let me think out loud for just a second, Oliver, and then I want to know what Go you ahead. think. But, you know, I realize that Vic Schaefer recruits at a really, really high level. Right, and it's like he can almost identify a transfer and just go get him, and so I realize that. But I, my heart, my gut, kind of tells me it's baseball. It's Lamonas. That I just, I think, I'm more comfortable saying the words. Lamonas will be the first to win a national championship, and I don't, I don't even know exactly why, but I'm just more comfortable saying that. What about you? Before Lamonis stepped on the play, I thought it was going to be uh, Schaefer, and it was going to be when he had Blair. But uh, like people are saying, there's the, he can take a step two, a step back the next year or so, and then probably 20, 21, 22 season. Uh, I mean, 20, 21, 22 season would be the year that he does it. But I know he got a bunch of grad transfers, and he's got to fulfill the roster. So it may be uh, the twenty twenty one season. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I, I the truth is the the right answer I think Oliver probably is that Schaefer with women's basketball, Lamonis with men with baseball, probably they're both on track. They're both already really close. There are tremendous gaps to make up in that conversation for football and men's basketball, but the other two are right there. You can't go wrong with either one. It's hard to win a national championship. Obviously, that's probably the understatement of the day and the most obvious statement of the day. But um, yeah, I think baseball will be the first one. That's just what I think. You think they get it this year, or you think it might be next year? Well, and I know that's what. See, I mean, this year you got the pitcher of the year, the best pitcher in the country, frankly, in terms of stats. You got the SEC all-time hits leader at center field, and he's a senior, and you're led by seniors with a super class of sophomores. I, I think it's all dependent on recruiting, but I think this year is probably your best chance. You know, ask me that. Ask me again next year, <laughs> and I'll tell you and see what I think about it. That's a good question, though, Oliver. Right. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, I love the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, let me – look, over here on basketball again, look, I, I just told you this is news. started popping out there yesterday, last night. CBS writing about it, all this stuff. None of this is a surprise. It's just out there. So go ahead and get ready. Here is the headline at CBS Sports. At least six college basketball programs will be notified of major NCAA violations by this summer. They spoke with an NCAA official on the record. They have a name beside the quotes. Here it is. Stan Wilcox, NCAA Vice President for Regulatory Affairs, said 
Keep up. Keep up with this. He said, two high-profile programs will receive notices of allegations by early July. The remaining four would be rolled out later in the summer in what is described as a wave of NCAA investigations meant to clean up major college baseball. Sorry. Sorry. Basketball. I didn't mean to say baseball. Basketball. Here's a quote from Wilcox. There's even another group of cases that we're still working on. The main thing is that we are ready. We're moving forward. And you'll see consequences. That's from Stan Wilcox, the vice president of the NCAA Regulatory Affairs. He is a former athletics director himself. He played college basketball at Notre Dame. He's on the record. That almost never happens. It almost never happens that while anything ongoing effectively in NCAA land, that you get a comment from somebody that works there. And that's a big no-no. So that kind of tells you the confidence with which they're about to pop some people in basketball to make an example is what they are. Now, I chuckled along with you when I re- just read you the line. I just, I just kept it internal. That, a, that, that when it said a wave of NCAA investigations meant to clean up major college basketball. Yeah, I chuckled also. Okay. Oh, at the cleanup, not the wave. Yeah, the, right. At the yeah. cleanup part of it. We need a tsunami. <laughs> That's what you're going to need. Right. Uh, here it is. It previously been reported that at least Kansas, Arizona, and Louisville were under investigation. At least 20 schools were mentioned during the course of the FBI investigation. 20. Among others, Oklahoma State, USC, Auburn, and LSU. He would not name any of the schools involved. But let me paraphrase some other, other things. He did go on to say, on the record, again, put the quotes by his name. He works at the NCAA. He did go on to say that a lot of what the FBI uncovered, used as evidence, in their case, they've been able to go out, request it, now are using it in their NCAA rules investigation. However, some of it they haven't been able to get from the FBI and not able to use it. But it's pretty clear based on his comments that like LSU is going to be one of them. Kansas is going to be one of them. Uh, one of them. And when LSU and this comes out in early July, if they are one of the early schools that are announced or later in the, in the summer, regardless, but when it does happen, then all the questions are going to pop up of well, LSU knew this was coming, and they suspended Will Wade. But before they officially get investigated and became public, they reinstated him. Why? And so all that stuff's going to get kicked back up. Are Just, they going to have to pay to defend him now? Yes, probably. Who knows what kind of deal they cut, though, Roger? But you would think. All right, hour two. I'll let you hear from Butch Thompson coming up here in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 